Welcome to Mondo and Friends presented by Verizon. My name is Mondo Fresco and today we are here with the pride of Dallas. <laughs> One of the biggest comedians in the world right now. Nah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Got the hottest ticket in town. That's something uh, that maybe, that yeah. I, I <laughs> that you'll accept. Yeah, uh, something that I I, uh, I I sent you on 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 IG. I was like hottest ticket in town, man. Sold out shows back to back to back, man. We have Ralph Barboza in here, brother. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm gonna warn you right now, everybody in the comments of all the other podcasts and interviews I've done. Just say that I'm pretty dry, so <laughs> it's all downhill from here. Awesome. awesome. That was, that was, that was the, the highlight of our show right now. <laughs> every every little like talkative type show that I've done, people are like, man, this guy sucks. Why is he so dry? Why does he look so sleepy? <laughs> Because I am sleepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I mean, you just had a show here in LA last night, and yes. I'm sure you, you, uh, you were up late, man. So I appreciate you you being here early. Yeah, uh, I had one drink was Hennessy, and I was out. <laughs> you don't really drink, too, right? So yeah, I don't really drink. So that one drink, I was good. I was just having a good time. I had my one Hennessy. I woke up with a hangover. <laughs> it was good. Nah, but we uh we didn't stay out too too late. That's good, man. Right. You know, you talk about people saying that you're you're dry, but that's what makes your comedy so great. Is it's like, it's 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 your it's your timing. It's your you you, you make it it's seem the like fact you're that just... I've given up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the fact that you're just kind of uh, just having a conversation, man. And you know, it's not like you see a lot of comedians, and and you know, everyone has their own style, but like. People are very like animated, and you know you're just kind of, you know, rolling through, man. I mean, I I think that's what makes your your comedy unique. Maybe I don't know. I don't think about it too much. You just you. Yeah, you're just you. Yeah, if I think about it too much, I I'll, I'll probably try to change it, and and then I'll just mess it up. Yeah, yeah. There's um, uh, there's uh, singers that have been on the show, and some of them, they're, I mean, they're Grammy award winners. And some of them haven't uh, ever had singing classes before. So they're like, I don't want to take singing classes and think about it too much because it might throw my whole my whole voice, my whole thing off. And I mean, yeah, if, if, you, th if you think too much about something. I took salsa classes once and I, I'm a pretty good dancer, you know, but I, I took salsa classes thinking that was going to come out an even better dancer. Oh, uh, bro, I was I was horrible. I came yeah. out like in my head thinking like one, two, step, one, two, <laughs> turn around. You had natural rhythm, but right. then you, you messed it up. You messed up the formula, man. You, yeah, you messed up the formula. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. No, I, I want to. So I want to go into what what you think uh, what makes your your comedy, you know, stand out from from others in your in your personal opinion. Um. I'm not too sure. I, I guess I don't really think about it too much. I will say when I'm thinking of like a joke or like I'm trying to come up with something funny, I am going through like a, a, a database in my head of like every joke or every comedian that I've heard in, in like within this realm. Like if I'm talking about, you know, 
getting freaked out by the bus driver on a bus or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, yo, who else has done bus driver jokes or who's yeah. done a joke about a bus driver in general, buses or whatever. And I'm trying to make sure that I'm not like biting off of somebody's thing. Mm. Um, I think that's, that's the only way I can keep it, I guess my own or unique is just yeah. making sure that I'm, I definitely want to keep it personal. My genuine opinion or thoughts. Yeah. Cause I feel like that's what keeps it unique or your angle. Um, but I also want to just make sure I'm not biting off of anybody's style. So it's like two databases. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, 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 for sure. Because yeah. uh, then you, then the 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 receipts come out, right? People are like, oh, here's Ralph Barboza and here's this guy's version. And it's like. Yeah. <laughs> if I ever ended up on one of those, I just, I would never come back to comedy, bro. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah I, hope, I hope it, I hope I never get even close to similar like bits sometimes you'll do a bit and you know whoever's at that show whatever comics sometimes they'll be like man that, that joke you do kind of reminds me of like such and such as joke and i feel like if you hear that like that maybe, kills your joke like, yeah to you... me i'm like all right i'm not i'm not doing that joke no more then oh wow yeah i was like i don't i can think of something else you know what i mean yeah it's yeah, like yeah. um there's like a billion joke ideas in the world like i'd rather just try to think of something else than to do something that's you know way too close to somebody else's you talk about you go through the archives of like who's done similar jokes is there is there a group of of comedians that i mean i know dave Chappelle was a, a big um inspiration of yours uh is besides Chappelle, are there other comedians that you kind of looked at coming up right right before i started doing comedy yeah because I didn't grow up, like, super into stand-up. I was a huge fan of funny movies more than anything. Yeah. Um, but I, I always wanted to try stand-up. And so I started looking up different comedians. I went to an open mic, and they had pictures of all these comedians that I had never even heard of. So I felt, like, kind of bad. I was like, man, like, I need to do some homework, you know? Yeah. So I started watching all these comedians. Um, and there was a lot that... that like, I hadn't heard of Mitch Hedberg until I started doing stand-up. I felt so ashamed I hadn't heard of that dude. Like, that dude had... When you talk about he has his own style, like... Yeah. That dude went at it. And of the, of the bigger names, I've always been a big Norm MacDonald fan. I remember he, he did this set on the David Letterman show when, when it was close to, like, ending. And he had this joke on his late-night set where he's like... He's like, ID. He's like, that's a weird one. He's like, I stands for I, and D stands for identification. <laughs> and, like, just that little joke right there, I was like, dang. Like, that, that taught me, like, there's jokes everywhere. You just got to find right. it. Like, right. Like, uh, the the joke about, um, was it Migos or was it Quavo or was uh, it? Quavo. Yeah. Migos, yeah, yeah. That I, joke's I hilarious. The, yeah, the fact it's like the little details that in nor normal day to day, you don't really think about stuff like that. Yeah. You know? Nah, it was funny to me. I'm always nitpicking at songs. <laughs> like we were talking about the 21 Savage one earlier. Like I'm always nitpicking at them. And I know people are like, nah, it's it's slang for this. And like I know there's a, like a real meaning to it. Right, right. But 90% of us aren't going to pick up on the real meaning. You know right. what I mean? They're so even higher fun. than that, right? Like 95, 98%. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it's funny to make fun of it. 
Yeah. Too many people take comedians seriously, I think, on, on the clips and whatnot. Yeah. Which I, I think is crazy. I feel like we're the last people we should take serious. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. They're comedians at the end of the day. You yeah. guys are comedians. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I recently got into, um, I guess not not recently, but I'm always a fan of when comedy is merged with, with music and hip-hop. Oh yeah, because yeah, like yeah. I grew up on hip hop, you know, and and whenever like you know your 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 Biggie uh, uh, joke and and you know like I just mentioned your Quavo joke, like stuff like that is 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 hilarious to me. Ah, yeah. Like I, when you connect the dots, because it's like, oh, okay. Like I love comedy and I love hip hop. Like when I see that merge, it's it's dope to see. I love to make fun of the things I love. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sometimes people after shows would be like, "Man, I like that joke," or whatever. Or, or other people would be like, "Oh man, why you make fun of these songs? You don't really listen to rap." And I'm like, "Nah, I love these songs. Yeah. Like these are these are great songs. Like these, it's because I listen to them so many times that I, that I'm like making fun of them. They're my favorite songs. You know? Yeah. But, and, yeah. So, and sometimes that's how it is with music or like movies where you you watch something like 10, 20, 30 times, and you've never caught it until like that 30th time, you're like, wait a minute. I watched Scarface. As a kid, I watched Scarface like 100 times. And by like the 89th time, I was like, man, this dude sucked as a drug dealer. <laughs> he was an amazing murderer. Whatever. And I wanted to do this bit about it. But the same thing happened where somebody was like, man, I think Patrice O'Neal had a bit about that movie already. So I was just like, oh, well, he caught it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, move yeah. on. But... Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. You, you, I, I like rewatching movies over and over again just to find stuff like that. Just you, you, you think you've seen it, but man, there's always more. Right. Same with songs. Yeah. Sometimes with songs, I'll listen to them so many times, I'll find myself paying attention to a whole other part of the song each time. Like one take will be the lyrics, the next take will be the first verse. But it's like whichever verse calls out to me the most. And yeah. I kind of down and then by like the hundredth time i've heard that song i'm only paying attention to the instrumental like all the little parts but i just like to obsess over some one thing for like a while and then i just move on yeah i, I there's a there's an ice cube song um it goes jack be nimble and jack be quick there's a oh he goes yakety yak don't come back. Like, like stuff. And I'm like, what? Like, people were like, yo, that's hard. <laughs> I, I, uh, I always like, we always laugh about stuff like that. Or when, um, uh, like the ad libs too, man. Hip hop ad libs are hilarious. The, the, those remind me of like certain jokes. You know, I can't think of any specifically, but there's always jokes that if you really pay attention to them, you're just like, huh? But if you just, kind of going with it if you got the flow like it's funny it lands you know what i mean the same with that yakety yak like nobody's really picking up on it because it's just flowing like you're just going i want i want to talk about how you were you you were working different jobs since the age of 12 right before way before comedy yeah um i mean don't don't make me sound like too much of a hard worker like <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't exactly like nonstop like you were raising 12 children yeah I wasn't exactly putting in 40 hours every week for the last you know whatever years but yeah my my first little job I was 12 at my buddy Jaime's uh Mexican seafood restaurant just Marisco washing dishes spot, yeah Marisco's hell yeah I um yeah we just washed dishes all day we're making like 20 bucks a day which which was like 
bad, but we were horrible employees, you know. <laughs> we earned those twenty bucks. It was fair. It's, it was in a it was in a little shopping center, that little restaurant. Yeah. There was just like Mexican supermarket called Fiesta. We got a bunch of those back home. I don't know if they have those out here in Cali. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We have like North Gates and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's this Fiesta Mart and next door. And so when whenever they'd be running out of like Milanesa or other types of meat, they'd send me and my buddy Jaime like, go get two pounds of this, three pounds of that, right? But we'd go over there and then we'd just get distracted playing the little arcade games inside the <laughs> store. It was killed like an hour and they'd be like, man, what the hell? Like, Where'd I was he supposed go? to come back. Yeah, like, so... <laughs> 10, 10 p.m. at night when when it's time to get paid, you just like here's a twenty. <laughs> like, well, I, mo- I mostly did it to hang out with my buddy. He had yeah. he, he had to be there no matter what, and I just yeah. got tired of being alone on the weekends. So I was like, man, I go get a job. Yeah. <laughs> and it, you were um, you really be there for hours playing playing arcades? Yeah, sometimes <laughs> like or sometimes you know we're, we're washing dishes, we're washing dishes, and the restaurant would get slow, so we'd sneak off and and we'd be playing and. We, you know, should have came back like way sooner because it starts to pick up again. But we knew, like, nah, let's just let's just stay longer, man. Like, if we go in there, we're gonna have to start working again. That's hilarious. And then shortly after, you you start learning how to cut hair, right? Yeah, when I was thirteen, um, my my older cousin Carlos was cutting hair out of like his restroom, and yeah. so I was just like, man, that's kind of cool. We go to the barber shop a lot, and I'd always see barbers wearing whatever they wanted, saying whatever they wanted. It's like, I don't know. I picked up on that real quick. It's up to a barber how much money he's going to make or how successful he's going right. to be. You know what I mean? Uh, if, if you want to dress decent or if, if you want to just, if you want to say certain things in the shop, like you can't just know how to carry yourself. And, yep. You know what I mean? That that kind of translate a lot with, with the customers and the dude who, who who really like made me want to do it the most was uh this dude that would cut my dad's hair named Jose back in, in Dallas. Shout out Oak Cliff. Hey at Oak Cliff Barbers. He actually gave me my, my job at the barbershop. I worked for that dude for a long time. Nice. But he was he was in there, he dressed nice, he was roasting everybody, he was funny, like it was cool. And he had he had mad clientele. Like I remember I I would call him. This is before he did appointments. I'd be like, Man, can can I go up there with my friends and you cut us up? He's like, yeah, yeah, just come. And there already be like two people in front of us. And every time I'd go, there was at least two, three people in front of us. So I was like, man, he makes a lot of money. I want to learn how to do that. Yeah. So I, I probably had like 125 bucks. I think like my birthday had just passed. I was like 13 or something. And, uh, after school, I went across the street to to this little like beauty supply store and I bought like some clippers. I bought the clippers to like cut the hair and then I bought the little, the Andy's T-liners to, oh, yeah. to line it up. It was dope. And I messed up a lot of, a lot of cuts. Did you did you ever do the the blade the blade where you like open up and and do yeah. that? Yeah, I, I I don't cut some people. Yeah, yeah. There's some <laughs> scars out there with my name on it. I'd be like, remember me. <laughs> they were, if they were like a, a horrible customer, you're just like, oh my bad. Nah. Whoops. Nah. So if anything, I was just a horrible barber. I had some nice, I had some nice people, and I was just like, man, I'm gonna get you right. And I'm just like, let me go get some alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would you? Would you? Uh, would you initially start with? I'm assuming like your friends, your your family, right? I'd have to beg them. <laughs> Nobody wanted a cut from some 13 year old. You know? <laughs> my buddy Tony has been one of my best friends. I was like seven. 
I was just begging. I was like, come on, Tony, let me fade you up. Like I've been we 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 would sometimes go to this guy who who cut near us named David. Mm. And uh I remember it was like the one white dude in, in this like hood shop. Nobody wanted to get his with their cut with him at first, and then they realized he could cut like yeah. fat ass, so we'd all go with him. And uh I'd tell Tony, like, man, I've been watching David, like I I can get it down. Like he he told me little tips and stuff, like, come on, Tony. And uh Man, I remember he wanted just like a mid fade, and I don't know what I did that I actually got half of it like somewhat faded. Like I don't even know what I was doing though. And then the other half was just nothing, and so it just was like a two right here, and then just skin balled like hard. And then I didn't even know how to really use this little cheap shaver I had. Yeah. So I'm trying to bald it out, but it's not really balding yeah. too much. And for some reason on this part of the head, I just put way more pressure on it. So it's just like super bald and then like stubble and then just like hair. The, I think the barbershop got to know me more for bringing in my friends to fix their haircuts than, than just for me, like getting cuts there, you know? <laughs> to fix the haircuts that you messed up? Yeah. yeah. My grandma still makes fun of me to this day. She says she'd just be chilling and just hear a knock on her door just me going in there like hey can you drive us to the shop so they could fix tony's hair or whatever tony after that first one he was just like nah you're never gonna come yeah, again. Yeah. I, I, don't I, keep, blame, I don't blame him nah, i keep like man yeah. come on man come on and and he, he he ended up he let me cut his hair like a good like 100 times maybe That's, and they started coming out decent yeah yeah I was a good friend a great friend yeah shout out to tony shout out to tony yeah <laughs> so you you start you know, uh, barbering, I feel like that was your first initial passion, right? Yeah. And yeah. I still love it to this yeah. day. Yeah. I've, I've heard you say that if, if you, if comedy, if you decide to just, you know, walk away from it and, and open up your own shop, like you'd be happy doing yeah. that. I mean, I don't think I could ever fully walk away from comedy, but I love comedy so much that if I was doing sold out clubs or if I even got to do like you know, some theaters one day, uh, it it make no difference to me to go from that to doing like the local clubs again for free. Like, yeah. I love the craft. I love, I love comedy in general. Just, I love to laugh or see people laugh. I love to think of something to sneak up on people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like if, if my career ended tomorrow and I was just back in Dallas at the shop again, like I'd be fine. Yeah. I don't even have to go back to the shop. We'll go get a job at Pep Boys or something and get that cool Pep Boys jacket. Yeah. <laughs> With the three guys on there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, you you mentioned um, the theaters. Theaters are coming, man. It's just a matter of time. The theaters are coming. Eventually. I mean. I'm not in a rush. I love comedy clubs. There's no better show than at a comedy club, mm. which is it's like, I'm not trying to talk down on theaters. Like, right, yeah, right, that's right. a dream, too. You know, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Theaters are awesome. I've, I've seen great. I saw Hannibal Buress. At, at the Majestic Theater in Dallas, and I was just like up the highest heat possible. I couldn't even really see him, but it was still a good show. Right. Um, but yeah, there's 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 nothing quite like a comedy club of just being closer to the audience. It's way more intimate. For sure. I, um, I think everybody has their own version of it on stage. For me, being in a in a comedy club in front of that audience feels like being at a beach with these people, and you got to kind of time the waves feel feel it and you connect with them once you're on that same time like man it's a, it's an amazing show and i think the bigger the theater the harder it is to do that mm. you know so it's 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 always way better intimate i'd rather do a, a tight packed little basement low ceilings 
to a hundred, two hundred people, you know, that that's that's where it's at. Yeah. That's the best show. When when you did the the HBO uh special, that the HBO with Entrenos. Entrenos. Yeah. That's a that was a pretty big theater no nah, so you know what i really like that venue because it's a theater but it's almost like a mini theater mm. um yeah i've been I've, I've been in a few theaters and that was probably the smallest theater i've been in so far it, it fit in plenty of people and then so, there yeah. were upstairs too that's the ideal place to film a special i think ian lara picked it up that's he knows comedy yeah you know? so yeah that's the ideal theater to be in right there yeah, I saw a picture of of you uh, cutting Ian's oh, uh, hair in yeah, the, uh, in the photo. Him up. Yeah, you were yeah. lining him up, cleaning him up. Ba- was it backstage somewhere? Yeah, yeah, that was at that theater. Oh, we were, like nice. downstairs, and uh, he had he has a little bag with like the clippers to like you know maintain himself. Oh yeah, yeah, but he has like legit clippers. Nobody really carries those. I'm like, yo, like it's it's like it's like watching somebody. I don't know, like, he knows what he's doing, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 like game recognized game. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm like, what? It's like it's like watching a, a civilian with, like, a samurai sword. You're like, how do you know about that? How do you know about that, Atori Hanzo? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he was he was just like, yo, man, line me up or what? And I'm just like, yo, hell yeah. Got you. Yeah. That's uh, dope. Yeah, it's a little tough, you know what I mean, because... I like adjust my clippers, or zero gap them, so that you get the crisp, nice lines. But real barber's gonna make it happen. Yeah, hell yeah. With any tools. Yeah, yeah. When you're dope, you're dope. Yeah. In anything. Uh, Talk to me about Backdoor Comedy. Backdoor Comedy Club, owned by Jan Norton and Linda Stogner, is the first place to give me stage time, uh, like on a weekend. And it was the first place I did open mics at. it's a clean club. You have to be clean there. And I feel like that helped me strengthen my writing so much. Because sometimes when, when you're kind of getting frustrated with the joke or, or, or you're not really trying your best, the punchline is like a cuss word. Mm. You know what mm. I mean? And sometimes it's, it's, that's the funniest way. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to talk down on cussing. Sometimes the funniest punchline is a cuss word. But... When you have to be clean, it forces you to not make it a cuss word. So now you're like, well, it could be a clean joke or it could be a dirt. Now I got two versions of the same joke. Mm. Like, so it helped me it helped me write a lot. And the people there were the friendliest. Because when I started going to open mics, you know, I'm, I was like, I do an, I do a mic and then I'd get so intimidated and, and so like down about how it went. I was intimidated by the older people in there. Yeah. Not that they were being mean, but you know, I'm not used to being around like, this many older people and yeah. so I was kind of like scared but at Backdoor everybody was super nice and and there's like a lot of older people there are a lot of people that were super talented comedians yeah maybe they were passing by they had just got done doing like some tour and or whatever but they respected Linda so much and then the club that they'd stop by and do time nice. and there were also comedians that Really, were just your average Joes didn't want a comedy career. They just like to one night of the week go do their their three minutes at Backdoor, you know. So it was like the coolest people ever. And she, um, Linda Stogner, she 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 saw me doing her mic, and I'd go there, and and she was just like, "Hey, you want to do a weekend?" And her club is probably the only club in Dallas that does like the New York style type of shows, where mm. instead of just doing like three a host feature headliner, it's just it's more like 
10, 12 people, and each one does about 10. If you're newer, you do less. If you're if yeah. you're the one going at the end, go ahead and do them 20. But nobody's doing more than like 20 minutes. Got it. Um, but she, yeah, she. I started off seating people there. And, and I, I started seating people, and then she'd let me host the show. So I'd get to do like three, five minutes at the beginning and then just host the whole night. And then, you know what I mean, eventually it just turned into like, whenever you want stage time, just let me know. And that's, like, dope. that's mad love, yeah. So now, if it, that, that's kind of the spot in Dallas where like all the the more busier comics, if uh, you know, if you end up with like a free weekend, you're not working, you just hit up Linda and go do stage time at her place, you know. Nice. So yeah, shout out to Linda Stogner, com yeah, comedy mom. Shout out to Linda. Yeah. Uh, what was the last time you you were you were down there? At Backdoor. Yeah. Man, it's been some months. Maybe like the summer. Yeah, you gotta yeah. you gotta go back, man. I do. It's just that I try really hard to end up to not end up with like a free weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I mean, know? you're a busy dude right now. Yeah, it's hot. It's hot in the streets for you right now. Yeah, in a good way. So I'm yeah. So I'm strike while the iron's hot. You know. What yeah, I mean? man. Lucky for me, I think I think Linda likes me a lot. So backdoor will be there when when when, when I got back. some chill time. Yeah. yeah. No, that's beautiful, man. I heard that the first time. Heard that from you that the first time you uh, hopped on the stage, you bombed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's also the 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 moment when you realize, like, I love comedy. I love I love this. Yeah, I. So this is actually, um, I don't know if it's like my very first time. I think it might have been because it's kind of hard to remember at eighteen. But I'm pretty sure this was my first first ever open mic, but it wasn't at Linda's, and this is probably one of the things that scared me kind of like made me more comfortable at linda's once i found linda's but the first time i went was at a club that i also really really love a lot it was a hyenas comedy club back in dallas and every comedy scene in different cities has their own way of doing it yeah like i think the open mics out here in la because there's so many comedians they do a lot of the bucket list where like the first hundred or I don't I don't know how it is to be honest. So don't take my word for it. But I think like the first fifty people to get to a mic put their name in the bucket and then maybe like twenty five people will oh, get okay, picked okay. random to go up. You know? Yeah. And every mic is different. Some let you some let more some uh New York uh, and New York and LA I think you have to pay for the mic. You gotta like sign up online. I don't know, everything's different. Wow. But in in Dallas, especially at hyenas, it's it's not really and it hardly ever is anywhere. It's not really like um, first come, first serve. Mm -hmm. It's like sign up. But the Alice Hyenas, what I like about it a lot, it's, it's, very, it's very much kind of based off of rank. Like they're always watching. Comedy's very word of mouth. So the people who are working that mic, you know, they're just like, all right, well, I've seen this person. They're pretty good. And, and this person's been putting in work. Even if they're not that funny, they put in work so they can go up sooner or whatever. And nice. so on and so on, you know. And a lot of... <laughs> A lot of comedians take that person. They're like, he just doesn't like me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's my first mic. Nobody knows who I am. This list has like a hundred something comedians. Like probably like, I mean, that's an exaggeration, but definitely more than 80. Yeah. I go up maybe like at 1.30 in the morning. And there's maybe like three other people in the room, four. The host, the host of the mic, who's Luke Moore. He, he's super funny. I think he lived out here in California for a while. And then the other two people, I don't know them. And then my friend Tony was there who 
who I used to mess up his hair. <laughs> and I didn't know that. Tony does comedy too? No. No, no. No. Uh, he, just gets, he just got bad haircuts. Yeah, he just got bad haircuts yeah. and hung around at bad open mics. <laughs> he just had a bad taste. This Tony. <laughs> no, so I didn't know that we didn't have to watch every single comedian for the night. So we 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 signed we got there at five to sign up. That's when the sign up list goes out. The mic starts at eight. From eight to one thirty in the morning, we wow. watched every open mic, which will drive you insane. But it also is a good class on what not to do, right? <laughs> and a few lessons on what to do. You know, you see some gems in there. At one thirty a.m., I go up there and I'm just like, "This is it, right?" I'm not even feeling nervous. I'm like, "Whoa, like, how am I not nervous?" As I'm walking up the stairs, I'm, I'm feeling good. And, and as soon as I get up there, the lights are so bright that my mind just goes blank. Ooh. Yeah. And, and I start telling some story about being at a party and, like, not smoking or smoking. I don't even remember it too much. It was, hor- it was a horrible joke. It was a horrible <laughs> story. Like, it was going nowhere. And, one of the two dudes that they were drunk and sleepy, they just started yelling like, man, get the hell out of here. Like, get off the stage. And I was just like, all right, guys, that's my time. And it's like a minute and a half in. I was supposed to do like three minutes. And I was just like, no, nah, I'm out. I'm out. And uh, my friend Tony, you could tell he was just like, wow, like, there goes my night, you know? And I was just like, I felt so dumb. Like, why did I think I could do that? You know what I mean? But even though I felt like, Somebody told me this once. They said, man, comedy is like your highest highs and your lowest lows. Yeah. And I did feel the lowest low. But even though it was so low, I still was just like thinking of jokes. Even on the way home, I was like thinking of how I could have done it better. Yeah. And that's what every set is. You do it, and then the next set, you're trying to perfect the last yep. one and the last one. You know what I mean? So I was just like. Like it hurt, but it, it hurt so good. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, f- I felt like, um, you know, in that in that. That series, The Last Dance, mm-hmm. when when they said uh, Jordan and the Bulls were going up against the Pistons, but they kept getting beat up. Yep. So then they, they started thinking, like, all right, weight training. Yep. So that's how I felt. I was like, I bombed during this joke, but I noticed they had a little bit more. They were actually listening on this little part. So I'm just, like, going back to the notebook. I kind of miss those days a little bit, which, I mean, it's not, like, too different now, but I do miss the the open mic like the the grind of it just yeah. back in Dallas I could maybe do two open mics a night tops uh, so I, I I used to love you know going to a mic and then going to the next one trying to fix the last one and then from there you know it's about midnight I pick up a burger or something just go home eat watch an episode of something I like and then just go to the kitchen and start writing again writing yeah. writing stay up all night just writing and then i'd show up super late to work the next day because i just stayed up all night writing dumb jokes <laughs> but like how, how how'd you learn how to to write a joke like from beginning to end is that something that trial and error like, like you do you youtube that like how to write jokes for nah, stand-up like how do you figure that out just trial and error yeah I, yeah I, and I, I i can't even say that i'm like like i know now like i think I've gotten some down, but it's something that you're never really done learning because every joke is different, you know what yeah. I mean? So every joke is like a little different mini project. I feel like this might be an over-exaggeration, but I feel like Iron Man building the next suit because every suit is different, you know what I mean? It has this different little uh, accessories or whatnot. But, yeah, you just, you have to really 
pay attention to every detail of everything you do. And I feel like that's in any craft. Yeah. You know, I feel I feel like you just have to even even down to the slightest little detail sometimes. I I'd, I'd go up, I'd have a funny idea and I'd repeat it to myself in my head and I'd be like, I think this could work. And I say it on stage and as I'm saying it and hearing myself say it, I'd write it first. All my jokes that I've written, well not all of them, but I say 90% of them, I've written them out word for word. I feel like that's the open mic before the open mic. Yeah. Because it's letting me hear it in my head. Then I'll say it on stage. And as I'm saying it, I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't say it quite like that. You know, I'm talking to myself like, slow it down here. Speed of it. I don't know, whatever. And then after I've said it, and I kind of, I'm, I'm recording their reactions. Because if somebody's looking at you like, what? Oh, you feel that pain. You feel dumb. You're gonna remember that. Yeah. But if somebody's like laughing or really liking the joke, you're gonna you're gonna remember that too. So at the end of the night, when I'm back at, at my grandma's writing them in my notebook, I'll rewrite whatever jokes I said that night, the 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 version that stunk or, or good, and then I'm I I I cross out the parts of the joke that bomb, and I try to rewrite them to fix them, or I just toss it, and then I I kind I rewrite the parts that were good on a new paper. Yeah. So then it's just like rough draft, like writing essays. Yep. Every sentence that sucked, I'd, I'd change it or I'd take it out. And then every sentence that was good, I'd I'd restack it. So then the next paper would just have the stack of nothing but hitters, hitters, hitters. Nice. How, how good were you at writing essays? How, how good were you in English class? I was actually pretty good. Yeah. I remember in eighth grade, I had like one of those those moments where the teacher got real. She's like, you're not... <laughs> You got potential. Stop being a bum. You know, like <laughs> I had a teacher named Mrs. Uh, Miss Shanahan. Miss Shanahan. She was really cool. She was the English teacher in eighth grade. Um, this is this is toward the end of like. No, I was about halfway through the eighth grade year. They brought us these packets that that were like you have to choose one of three paths for like high school. They're like, are you gonna be like the in the honors classes, are you going to be like the average students or are you going to be like in the remedial where it's like it's easier stuff, but you're not really like aiming high, you know? Yeah. And I hated school. So I'm like, just give me the remedial. Like, I just want to do easy stuff, like sleep in class. Like, and she just sat down and got like real with me. She's just like, you're a good writer. You don't need to be doing this. She's like, you, you write like at an 11th grade level, which I remember thinking like, dang, not 12th though. Like, <laughs> that's such a specific that's like I felt like she's like you're a good looking dude you're like a solid eight and a half like just like oh like <laughs> very honest though so it, it definitely made me believe everything she was saying but she was like you're you're you're, you're like you're a really smart writer like don't don't knock yourself short just just because you, you want to be lazy or whatever and uh yeah I I would I would always get into the little writing projects and whatever class I was in I didn't really stand out too much and and every class after that until maybe like my senior year yeah. i had a teacher named mr Coberson who was really cool uh i wasn't a class clown in every class maybe some so other classes i was just very like keep my head down don't talk to anybody but in his he let me be a class clown like he was cool with it and i remember uh i'd be lazy to where i don't do the essays every essay we had to do was like a rough draft and then and then uh, and then like a second draft and then the final typed out version and We'd have like two weeks to do them, and I wouldn't do them till like the day of. Right, and right, I, right. And I'd still be getting like ninety, so I, I would get into them. I liked them. Yeah. I feel like to write a good essay, to write a good joke, you really just 
thinking about what you're going to say and everybody's reaction to every sentence. You know what I mean? So you write one sentence and you think about what your reaction is to that sentence and then that'll dictate the next sentence. So I, I just got into that, just trying to get into people's heads. Yeah. Yeah. Are most of your jokes like lengthy in, 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 uh, I guess, are they long in length or are they like, do you have some, I don't, some I don't me- know. medium, short? Like, how, how does it work out for you? I don't know. I was thinking about that the other day. I haven't really paid attention to it. I think some jokes are like one setup punch and like that's it. And then other ones are like on this one subject, uh, I'll, I'll stay, I'll, I'll stay within like, like the jokes I do about being um, at the strip club with my friends. To me, it's kind of short, but once I listened to the audio of it, I was like, oh, it's longer than I thought, but it's still not long. If that makes sense? Yeah. And then I'll have other bits where I'm like, dang, I was on that one subject for like five minutes, which to me is, I think, one of my longer things, you know? Um, but nah, it starts off with just one, and then I'll try to add to it, but then I also don't want to force it. Mm-hmm. Um, so some end up long, and some I'm like... This one just never grew. It's just there. Like, yeah. but I still like it. You know what I mean? Do you do you have some some jokes that are just aren't finished? Like you just kind of the idea is there, and you just like, yeah, I think l- the, let it marinate. Yeah, because I started. You know, this is like my first ever tour or whatever. Yeah, and so I started. Headlining. Congrats, congrats! By oh, the way, thank man. you. It's like late October, early November when it starts just being like every weekend out of town, every weekend. So from like late October for the entire December, I felt I feel like the set I was doing. I change them up, don't get me wrong, and I'm I'm writing a lot, but I feel like all those all those sets, all those weekends was a lot of me just trying to figure out what are like the the joke jokes that I'm like this is this is mine for the rest of the tour, like I'm I'm, I'm killing with this, and what was like the jokes that I'm gonna probably be doing in like two years mm. when I when I figure out how to properly write them because they're just, they're just not hidden like I want them to, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, the last month or so, I've been doing like one 45-minute set that I'm like really in love with. I, th- I feel like it's like 98% complete. There's still there's always little things that I want to tweak with it, right? Yeah. But it's dope. But I feel like, yeah, I feel like everything before that was a lot of like, Let's play with this, play with that. Let's just try it. Funny's funny. Let's just say this, you know? But then there's like the script that I'm like, this is what I really love. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been doing it for a total of eight years now? What do you yeah. say? Yeah. Yeah. Cause all well, Yeah. Cause I was eighteen when I did my first mic. And then I I'd do a mic and then I'd wait a few months and I and I'd get the courage to go do another one and I'd get discouraged again or whatever. But once I turned twenty I went back to backdoor comedy and I just never stopped. Just every night, open mic, every weekend trying to do something, you know, just didn't stop. From 20, it just boom. Yeah. So a lot of people may think that it's kind of an overnight success with you, right? Because of your your videos that that blew up on social media and on YouTube. But you've been doing it for for eight years now. That's yeah. that's, That's a lot of work. Yeah. Tons of work. That's why I don't like when people are like, uh oh yeah like 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 they said on that podcast who uh, i will not name there's a lot of sensitive people out there but when they were saying like yeah yeah we got to make it easier for these young dudes you know what i mean i'm gonna help them out it's just like my goal was to tour so like help me out i was like but i'm already here 
but don't make it seem like it was easier for me. Like, I, when I tell you I worked, like, I worked. I worked. I had, I had, I've had no social life. You know what I mean? I've lost so many relationships. Like, I haven't been to a family party since I started, other than maybe my sister's 15. I made an obsession for that. That's her quinceanera, you know? But, like, I spent every night at Mike's. I spent every night just staying up writing. Every weekend I was at shows, and I wasn't getting paid. I was losing money. Yeah. Everybody's like, yo, maybe you should stop. It was like having a drug addiction. Everybody's like, yo, maybe don't do this no more. Like, it's costing you, you know? <laughs> but in my heart, I'm just like, nah, this is the way to right. go, you know? I, I always wanted stage time. I was I was coming up in Texas, so it's 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 not a, as good of a scene as, like, New York, L.A., where you can get in front of the right people whatever. So I would I would get online and I'd see you know which comics are coming to which clubs in Texas because I'm within a four hour drive of anything and you know I'd hit up all the clubs that I could slowly build relationships with or sometimes I'd drive out of town I'd go from Dallas to Houston just to ask for a guest spot can I just do five minutes introduce myself to whoever's running that club get to know the people and just let them know if there's ever a chance that I could get booked down here to open for anybody like you let me know I'll drive down here immediately. And and I do that with all the Texas cities that I could, San Antonio, Austin, whatever. I'd, I'd meet as many people as I could. So if I wasn't booked in Dallas for that weekend, then I was on Instagram or whoever I knew, like, hey, man, you got any stage time down there? You got stage time? Or if I saw there's a certain comic coming that I was, like, a fan of or I, I wanted a chance to pick their brain or at least talk to them, but if you know, if I had a, a relationship with that club owner or manager by then, I hit them up, like, yo, man, if I could just get a spot. Like, if there's already other openers whatever but like i'll drive down there if i could just do five minutes free like i'm I'm not trying to get paid i just want to work with that comic see them live you know and that like helped me out a lot like shout out to uh cypher sounds man i i was i was like a cypher fan just because like i was telling you i like i, I love hip-hop you know yeah. that dude was always working with, with the greats you know and i saw that he was doing comedy and that he was yeah. coming to houston so i i hit up uh brian gendron who, who runs the riot I said, man, if Cypher's okay with it, could I do a guest spot? Or, like, if you're okay with it, could I message him and ask him for a guest spot? You know, I don't know if he see it or not, but I want to be respectful to the club, you know? And he's just like, yeah, yeah, I'll ask. And he's just like, yeah, he said it's fine. Like, come on nice. down. You know? So I go down there. I, I and this is before him seeing any of your work? Yeah, or? he's never seen me. Yeah. Like, my Instagram following is, like, 900 followers or something, you know? Like, um, And, yeah, he was just like... He's like, oh, you're doing a guest spot? He's like, five minutes? He's like, just do 10 minutes. He's like, do 10 minutes? Nice. And he, he, his style, he, uh, he runs the chemistry set in New York. His style is always, the way his shows go is like, you do your, your time, and then he jumps on stage with you, and then he does a little back and forth. And this show, he had like the music on and stuff. It was cool. He's DJing, doing comedy. But yeah, he was cool. He's just like, yeah, man. He's like, let me know if you're in New York, you know? And I took him up on that. I, I went out there. I, I like stockpiled. All the, all the let me knows, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I waited. I, I saved them. Anytime a comic was like, let me know if you're in New York. Let me know in New York. I, I just waited, and I took a trip out to New York for like close to a month, maybe like a month. Yeah. And I just got on as many shows as I could, met as many people as I could. But mind you, I'm trying to keep my job at the barbershop or wherever it was I was working. I'm trying to pay my bills. I also have a son. You know what I mean? He He was born... When I was really early into comedy, so like I have to make sure I'm providing. Yeah, I have to, you know what I mean. And so, what's your son's name? Lorenzo. Lorenzo. Yeah. 
So I'm doing all this stuff, but I'm also like, ah, I just won't eat today so that I can make sure, you know, there's some money for tomorrow or whatever. Yeah. Or like, there's a lot of sleepless nights, tons. I'm, uh, I think that weekend that I got to meet Cypher, I got to do three spots in Houston, and which I felt like was was some work. Like yeah. I got to meet the right people. I got to I got to try out new jokes. I got to work these sets. You know, if I would have stayed in Dallas, I wouldn't have had no sets. But this is a Friday night. Saturday morning is the busy day at the shop when I make my buck. So I had to drive back that same night. I got to I got to Dallas like six a.m. My first appointment was like eight a.m. So I got a two hour little nap in, and I just woke up, started cutting, and then Saturday night just did the shows I had there in Dallas. And so on and so on. That's the hustle, man. That's yeah. That's what that's what you have to do. And a lot of people don't don't really see that. They don't see mm -hmm. that side of of the of the hustle. They don't see that side of 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 the business. And the, shout out to Cipher, by the way. Yeah. Um, we haven't met, but uh, he used to work for the the hip hop station or or the, my station and his station. There were sister stations. Mine was in L.A. His was in New York, and he was in the morning show there. Uh, so it's really cool to see him go from like radio and like music, hip hop DJing to comedy, you know, and 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 him shining on both. It's it's really cool to see. Yeah, it's been dope. He's he, he's such a good dude. He's a funny dude just to be around with. He's all about having a good time. That's the main priority. Is like just making sure it's, it's a good show. It's funny when everybody's just having a good time. You know what bothers me is when people say, "Oh man, this this um." This new generation of of creatives, right? Whether it's a comedian or or a DJ or what have you, right? This uh, this new generation has it easy, right? Because they just put a video out or something and they go viral and that's it. But it's like there's a there's millions of videos that are updated daily to social media to YouTube. And there's a reason why yours stood out. And it wasn't just because you don't have a Theo that works at, at YouTube, do you? No. <laughs> it's not just because of that. To this day, I don't even know what works or doesn't on the internet. No, but, but I'll tell you what works is, is, is quality. I, that's, that's, that's what I believe, too. Like, but that's the only thing that I could go with. Everybody was like, oh, yeah, you, you got to upload on Tuesdays and Thursdays. At 10 o'clock in the morning. But if it's Ash Wednesday, no. don't even go on. Like... <laughs> So I, I tried a couple things, whatever, but I was just like, man, you know what? I'm going to just record sets. I, I'll, I'll only upload the jokes that I really like so that nobody clowns me. Like something that I actually feel good about. Yeah. I don't want to upload just to upload. And that's yeah. the way I feel about the stage, too. I don't want to go on there and, and just be like, oh, at least I got to do the set. Like, nah, like I want to do my best on stage every time. I want to have the best time. Quality over quantity. hundred percent. And, and, and you, and you see that, man, I, I see it. Cause I, I, like you were saying there were days that you didn't have money to, to eat, you know, so shout out to my uncle back there. Just saved me with a lot of little loans. Yeah, man. After, your, after, <laughs> your uncle, uh, what, yeah, uh, Carlos, Carlos, shout out to Carlos, man. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Carlos in your sets too. Yeah. Which, yeah. which I think is, well, my, I think I've mentioned, um, I've mentioned my cousin Carlos, which oh, okay. is his son. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Shout out to family in general who just was like, "Here's fifty bucks, man. Just don't die." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like that, that those fifty bucks go a long way, man. Yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't have done it just on my own. Like, 
I didn't have, I could, I, it would it would have been impossible without just friends, family, just, who really believed in it. it. Was just like, here's a hundred bucks, pay it back whenever. Sometimes it was like, don't even worry about right. it. And it's just like, dang, bless me so bad. You need that. Yeah, you need I, that. I feel guilty as hell. I feel no, guilty, but, but now, but you yeah. now, now you you can you can give back, you know. Now yeah, you, can. I don't want to. I don't. Now, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they're good. What they're well off too. Yeah, I don't. I don't really. If they had the money to help me in the first place, they're fine. <laughs> nah, yeah, nah, yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think it's beautiful, man. That that. Uh, that you're winning, but again, man, it's it's the hard work. It's a dedicate. It's dedication. Yeah. It's it's passion. It's the sleepless nights. It's writing jokes. You know where everyone is is knocked out in bed. It's it's driving. It's calling people. It's you know DMing, messaging, emailing. It's 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 all of that, man. And and you know the success now is is because of that. I, I, again, I feel like people just see something that that's on social media and. It looks it looks good. It looked easy, you know. And even when they see you doing what it takes to make it, and any craft, whether it's music or acting or comedy or whatever it is you're trying to be great at, whatever it is you're trying to break through at, even when they see you going through the process, they think you're you're dumb or insane or, or selfish. They're just like, yo, like, why don't you why don't you get a normal job? Why don't you show up to the family parties? Why don't you why aren't you there for your for for your friend's uh, party at the bar for his birthday, you know what I mean? Like, they they think you're crazy. They think you're nuts. My, I remember the guys at the barbershop where I worked at. They're like, "What were you last night?" I said, "San Antonio, man. I just got back this morning." He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "You get paid at least?" I said, "Not at all." It's like I'm in. I woke up overdrafted in my bank. Like, I I need haircuts to come in. And they're just like, "Why are you going? You're not getting paid." And I'm just like, "Cause you don't you don't get it. I don't know how to explain it a hundred percent, but like, you you have to treat." Whatever whatever it is you want to make it at, you have to treat it like more than a full-time job, even when it's costing you money. If, it, if it's going to become your full-time job, you have to treat it like that for years before it is your full-time job. Right. It's like being married. You don't you don't get married to somebody and then treat them like a wife. You right. treat them like a wife, so then they become your wife or 100%. husband or whoever you want to marry. But, uh, yeah, 100%. I mean, you you don't have to... Just work a nine to five p.m. You gotta sometimes work a nine a to five a.m. And it's not like the shift where you're like, oh, do the go through the motions. And we're like, nah, like your mind has to be in it all the time. My my entire day, I'm just trying to think of a joke to like save my life. I feel like if, if I'm not on this, like so, yeah, to put fall. yeah, a, yeah. A joke to to put food on on your table. Yeah, so I'm I'm with my I'm with my friends eating breakfast and we're joking around and I'm making notes like could this be something? But I'm also at break like I could be at lunch with my mom and relatives and yeah we're having a good time. But I'm gonna zone out for a while where I'm just like. Man, I need to write a joke. I'm just thinking, thinking, thinking. You know, I I uh, I was in in radio and television and in media for like over ten years, and I still had my my pops, my dad saying, "Yeah, I got otro trabajo. Yeah. Don't get another job already." You know, and I'm like, "What? Classic, like, I, classic I Latino dad stuff, huh?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, come on, man. Just even family sometimes doesn't get it. And, and even if you're like you said, you're in it and and you're 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 having a, uh, some success, people will still you know shoot that at you, man. Yeah. And you have to be that that focus. And, and like you said, in any craft, right? You have to 
want it so bad that no matter what is thrown at you, you have to continue going, you know, and like overdrafting. I, I've been there like um, I at the radio station that I work with. I worked at um, I used to work late nights and then I had to be there the next morning. I had to I didn't have enough money for gas to come back to drive home and come back. So I would just sleep in my car. Yeah. I've you been know, there a couple times. Because it's like, damn, if, if I if I go home and I come back, I'm gonna have to fill up. I don't have that money right now. I've been in the position where I'm like, I need to go do this show, but I can't afford to like stay in the town. So I'll I'll, I'll sleep for a little bit in the car and then just drive back. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. I got to know my car a lot over the years. <laughs> yeah. But that 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 work ethic that like never stopped, man. I'm always going to be thankful for my uncle, uh, Jose, my dad's little brother, Jose Barbosa. He he started working for my dad at a body shop that my dad owned. And my uncle from the other guys learned how to do pain and body. Mm-hmm. And then eventually he found his own little spot to rent out and just buy himself pain and body from start to finish. A lot of body shops, you know, you do the body part, I do the pain part. You, but My uncle just by himself, just making it happen. He's wow. Working. And I'd go work for him, and he'd teach me how to paint cars, you know, since I was, like, 13 on and off. And when I was, like, 18 for, like, a good while, and I'd mess up the paint jobs bad, and I'm costing money. It takes a long time to prep to prep a car for paint. It takes, like, a week just to get it ready for paint. And then when things go wrong, you're a week behind again, losing a hell of money. My uncle wouldn't get mad. I'd mess up the paint jobs, and I'd just be like, man, like, my brain just doesn't get it. Like, this is not for me. I can't. I'm just not capable of learning how to do this. This is too smart. It's like rocket science to me, you know? And he he would be like, nah, just do it again. He'd be like, the the one thing he said that this was what made me like go back to comedy and not stop anymore is is when I messed up this one paint job and, and he was like, nah, when when we get it ready, he's like, you're gonna paint it again. He was like, There's nothing too hard to accomplish to accomplish in this world. It's like you just have to want it bad enough. I was just like, yo, it made me think about rocket scientists. Like they started off just with two plus two and then they end up yeah. you know what I mean? But it's one step at a time. You learn one thing, just keep doing it, keep doing it. So after that, I was like, man, nothing can stop me. Man, I um I applaud you for that, man. I I, I know you don't need it, but like it's I appreciate it. It's it's um it's it's something that you know, growing up in, in a Latino community and in, in traditional Latino family, they they only think about um, uh, commonly only think about often, I guess I should say, think about the traditional careers. Right. So it's like, you know, go be a doctor, go be a, 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 a firefighter, um, you know, do, do what they've seen works. What they, Yeah. Right. And and. Um, it's tough, I think, in their defense, it's tough for them to comprehend that we can find success in such a um, in such a non-traditional career, and uh, you know the fact that it's tough to you you got to think about it too. You know, now that you're in it, like um, to think, man, uh, if you tell someone that I want to do comedy and I'm going to go on tour and all this stuff, it's tough to for them to really stomach it to understand it. You know, and um, so, you know, what I've, what I've come to, to figure out is not to blame them or not to hold grudges. Cause it's, it's not that, um, they didn't want you to succeed. They just didn't understand it. And they just didn't 
couldn't comprehend it I in that, that moment. Every time my dad was like getting on to me about something, you know, it, it is like, man, but I want you to believe in it. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I I think I kind of get where your mindset is at. So mm-hmm. I can't blame you at all for right. you. You're, you're worried about me. Is their family, they, they, they I don't know how, how long your, your, your family uh, has been in the States, you know, but my, I'm, I'm uh, pretty much first gen. Okay. And um, my family came to, to the U.S. and they they were in, in, in survival mode. Yeah. You know, so they're in survival mode, man. They're not thinking, oh, I want to be a, a, a comedic star one day. I want to be, you know, a, a, a popular media personality or whatever. You know, yeah, I, no. I, they, they're, they're just there to work and try to, like, put food, food in the table no matter what it takes. Yeah, no, I get that. You know what I mean? That's why I never, like I said, like, yeah, it kind of hurts to, for somebody to be like, man, give it up, whatever. But it's just like, I get, I get where your mindset's at. Yeah. Like, I totally, I totally get it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's very much like, you see what works, so do that. But that, that's another thing that I hope I could in, inspire people with one day. Yeah. There's a lot of comments on like my Instagram post or, or like YouTube where they're just like, Ralph Barbosa does it for La Raza, does it for, for our people. It's like, I'm very proud to make my people proud. Yeah. But that's not, if I, there was there anybody that I do it for, it's not for them. I think first it's, it's for me. <laughs> Definitely do it for right. me. But if there was anybody. You got to be selfish. You got right? to. Yeah. But if there was anybody, any group of people out there that I was doing it for, I've always said this. It'd be whoever is younger than me. For the whoever, youth. For the youth. Yeah. No matter what color they are. I want them to see how how plain I dress on stage. I wear a lot of white tees, black tees. Because I feel like that's something you can buy anywhere. And it could be anybody buying that. You know what I mean? It's so obtainable. And I want people to, anybody younger than me to see, like, just because you don't know how anybody else made that happen doesn't mean you can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. My uncle Charlie was over here with Carlos here. I remember emailing him saying that I want to try comedy, but I also was thinking about taking just some computer class just to get a job. And he's just like, man, I don't know any comedians in our family. Like that could show you how to work that biz. Maybe just go do the computer thing. You know what I mean? And try comedy later. But I was just like, I'm gonna go figure out the comedy thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Trial and error, try and error, just go at it. So no matter what color you are, no matter what background you come from, rich, poor, like even if, if, if you don't know anybody who, who works in the industry you want to break into, you be that first one to break yep. into it. You just go for it. Like, like don't don't matter if you haven't seen anybody else prove it. You know what I mean? One hundred percent. And and for for parents, you know, you're a parent now. Um, I'm not a parent yet, but like what I, I I look forward to is is breaking that cycle of telling uh, your your kids that they can't do something. Right. No, 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 don't don't do that. You know, do do this instead. And yeah. and if you're a parent watching this, you know, it's something that I, I, I I'm always very adamant about is is support, 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 support your kids, man. You know, no matter what age they are, even as adults, like support your kids, because that goes a long way. Like or don't support them. Make them drive out of spite. Now, kid. <laughs> <laughs> I hate a lot of people. No, okay. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> That's real. That could work too. That could work too. 
<laughs> so now you're you're uh, obviously you're killing it, man. And and you you just recently were on on Jimmy Fallon, the Tonight Show. Yeah. I mean, dude, what a what a moment, man. What, what was that like for you? It was tight, man. Um, my son. So I go on Jimmy Fallon, and I'm just like, yeah, I recently had a baby, but that joke is old. My son's he's like a little grown man now, dude, four. <laughs> um, but I figured. You know, you know they say like when you put a joke out online or or like on a special or something, you've like burned it. You can't mm-hmm. really say it again because right. now a lot of people have heard it, which I truly believe. There's a lot of people like, nah, you can do the same thing, but nah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, right. I want to keep pumping out, but I figured the best place, the best way to burn that joke would be on the Tonight Show because yeah. it, it was clean, it, it worked. You know what I mean? So just that that'll that'll be the goodbye of that joke, and in the in the best place too. I was getting worried. I was like, man, that's a good joke. I was like, I, I want to put it on something like YouTube, something. And I did. I think I did put it on YouTube. But I was like, I wish I could use it for like some sort of special taping. But when I wrote it, I was so far from getting a taping or a special, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I was like, yeah, put it on Jimmy Fallon. The 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 joke about your your son. I feel like that's also such a like a like a awe moment. Like oh, like you just had a you know I just I just had a kid. I just had a boy. Everyone's like, yay. Yeah. You know, it's it's a nice like icebreaker. Yeah. I think. And like, then you you also mentioned your 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 grandmother and your family um in in your comedy. Yeah. Uh there's there's a special uh meaning behind the suit that you wore. I don't know if it's a true story or not. I heard you say it. But yeah, it's a true story. It's a true story. I don't know if I want to repeat it on here though. Okay. <laughs> it's a true story and there's a there's a very special uh meaning behind behind yeah. it and I think that's that's a uh, amazing um that that you that you, your shoes too. Special meaning behind that? Yeah, yeah. I love those shoes. That's probably the 3s, right? Yeah, so well, the white cement 3s. That's probably my all-time favorite pair of J's or at least in the top 3. I remember some dude the day after this Jimmy Fallon, some dude in Detroit was just hating, bro. Uh, we're in Detroit, and I'm, I'm wearing them, right? This is like my second time ever wearing them. I had just worn them for Jimmy Fallon, but I wore them to the Detroit show. And after the show, you know, people were like taking pictures, we're doing, talking to people. And some dude was just like, man, how'd you get those early? Because, you know, they, they just dropped again, right? Yeah. This is like, this is like three months ago, two months ago, sorry. Um, He's just like, man, how'd you, how'd you get them early? I said, man, they're, they're not the, they're not an early release. They're the old ones. Like, I, I saved up a lot of money to buy these. Yeah. You know, they mean a lot. Like, they're the old ones. He's just like, nah, I know you didn't. I was <laughs> like, like, what? All right, bro, you're the one that asked, man. Like, <laughs> don't ask just to hate, bro. Like, hate, <laughs> haters. He's like, nah, I know you no, didn't. didn't. And he just walks <laughs> off. I'm like, all right, bro. <laughs> you're like, uh, okay, then I did it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think that's that's uh, that's a, that was such a, a amazing uh, thing to to watch was you on on the Tonight Show, man. I felt like it was um, as a, as a fan of your work, um, I was I was so happy and, and cheering for you, man. I've had these moments throughout, um, and we we hadn't met. Today's the first day that, yeah. that you and I uh, meet in person. We've talked on on social media and stuff, but like it's the first time we met. But still, like just. When you when you got love for someone, believe in them, you support them, um, even if it is just you know through through social and, and and watching some clips and stuff, you start being a fan of their work and just seeing you on on the Tonight Show, I was I felt like it's just like a proud cousin, bro. Like, Yo, man, <laughs> he's that. doing that was, it. That was my first like, not my first, but when I first started doing comedy, my main two goals was I want to do late night. Um, 
I wanted to do Conan because I, I I was yeah. really I really loved Conan, but you know he, he there was always those rumors like yeah that show's about to be done like they're not gonna do it anymore and then they did early on into when I started doing comedy they Conan retired, so I was like man I want to do the Tonight Show that's that's like the the one you know, so my main two goals was like do the Tonight Show, and to get into the Comedy Settler, which I just had my first Comedy Settler like audition like a week ago. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So um be doing some spots there soon, I hope. Nice. Love love New York, man. It's the greatest comedy city in the world. Yeah. Yeah, so and that's, that's say that uh, they say that's where comedy was born, right? Like the stand up comedy. That's the, the I don't birthplace. Think that, I, I think that's hip hop, but <laughs> maybe I've heard comedy too. Stand up comedy, yeah. Funny people probably originated there. <laughs> nah, yeah. Uh I, I think when I was like eighteen, right right before doing my first open mic. I saw this uh, this quote by Dave Chappelle where he yeah. was just like, "If you wanna, if you wanna be a great comedian, go to New York. And, you know, if you wanna be famous, go to L.A." And so ever since then, I was like, "New York's where it's at. Yeah, it's where you hone the craft. It's like the gym. Yeah, for all, the, for all my Dragon Ball Z fans, that's the hyperbolic time chamber." <laughs> I like that. I like that. You uh, have you auditioned or thought of auditioning to, like to be on a series or do you see yourself acting would you like to be on 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 something like snl in the future like has that ever been a vision for you snl is dope um i don't know if i got the chops for all that i i think i like acting maybe a bit i've done i've done like a couple auditions like self-tape but um i think for now i just want to keep focusing on the stand-up if 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 it feels right and, and, and it came right then yeah i'm gonna give it a shot you know what I mean? I'll definitely give it my best, but if I don't feel like my heart's in it, then nah. I don't want to put something out just to put it out. You know what I mean? You know, so someone um, that I want to talk about is is your grandmother because mm-hmm. you mention her a lot, and even in your jokes, um, and and you know, you were raised by your grandmother too, man. Mm-hmm. What what's, what do you say is is the biggest lesson that that your grandma taught you? Uh, how to say screw it what's done is done and just laugh about it <laughs> she does she does her best to go out of her way for a lot of people to the point where I think it stresses her out sometimes you know mm. it's the littlest thing somebody can call her like hey such and such needs a ride from school on the other side of town like she'll she'll go pick up her she, she, she does her best to help out whatever neighbors she talks to with her family we have with her friends but sometimes when something goes wrong I think because of the amount of pressure she's put on herself, she's just like, man, whatever. And, and then she'll make a joke about it. You know what I mean? So she taught me how to just roll roll with it. Is your grandma funny? I think she's very yeah. funny. <laughs> I think her, my uncle, my mom, uh, I think they all have like the best sense of humor. I think they're all comedy fans. My grandma, every summer we'd go to Mexico and she What would, part of Mexico are you guys from? Uh, my grandma, she's from Tamaulipas, and then my, from my grandpa, is from San Luis. Nice. Yeah, my grandma would drive us down there, like no map, just from Tamaulipas to San Luis to all these different cities. She just learned it. Um, but yeah, I remember she would play a lot of music. I think I think she helped me get like different tastes in so much music. She's playing like old, you know, Spanish songs. I was playing like English songs from the seventies and. But sometimes she just play like uh, 
Polo Polo CDs, the comedian. Yeah, 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 Polo Polo. Yeah. Wow. And she would be just laughing, like crying, laughing sometimes when we're at the border. Like I didn't understand. I didn't really get the punchlines. Like I, I know Spanish, but for some reason I'm, I'm like real small. I don't really get the jokes in general. Yeah. And, let alone them being in Spanish. So I didn't get them. But she also liked Eugenio Derbez a lot. Yeah. She had on on video cassette all his from his sketch show. So I'll just watch those a lot too. Like she loves comedy. She'll laugh at movies that aren't even funny, but she finds the funny. In <laughs> yeah, them. you know what I mean. It could be like a, a horror film. You know, they always got like the teenager about to get naked before he gets murdered. It could be a dude like in the middle getting naked, and then he got <laughs> trampled, and she's like, ah, you know, like basically laughing that he didn't see it coming. Like it's goofy to. Her. She loves um, uh, she loves comedy, like all sorts of comedy, even if. I'm showing her something for the first time. She'll find the funny and quick. She she would always see me watching uh, Adam Sandler and like Chris Farley movies like Tommy Boy. Yep. And then uh, she used to go to the gym to walk the treadmills. And one time they were playing Tommy Boy on there. She's sending me pictures like like me. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. She'll laugh. She don't even like she don't speak English, but she'll sit there and laugh with me to the point where she's almost tearing up at like Chris Farley, all of these dudes. Like she 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 can find the funny in anything. Oh, that's beautiful, man. Oh yeah. Shout out to your grandma. What's your grandma's name? Estela. Estela. Yeah. Saludos, Estela. <laughs> uh, lastly, man, I, I want to talk about what what's next or what you see is is next for you. I know you're you're on tour right now, sold out shows everywhere. I'm sure you're, you could find a, a a ticket somewhere. By the way, resell tickets, resell, not retail, resell tickets for your shows. I didn't even know they were doing that. I don't like that. Right. <laughs> They're going for a couple hundred bucks. That's insane. You are not getting your money's worth. (laughs) (laughs) Disclaimer. Disclaimer. (laughs) I'm going to go up there and I'm going to try. So just remember that. What what would you say is is, uh, you would like to do next? What's what's in the, the cards for you? So... I really, really need to write like a, a new three hours and just start putting them out there on different tapings. That's that's the only thing I'm thinking about. Like a, a special? Yeah, I need like, I just, I, just, I don't know if, if, if I want to put out like a YouTube special or a special that somebody else could help me with, a company or whatever. But all I know is I need about new three hours worth of funny comedy and I'll go from there. That's all I know right now. I'm sure that's going to happen, man. And, I hope so. And, and I'm and I'm 100% sure that you'll find uh, a company or streaming service to to jump on for that. I want to I want to I don't know. I just want to keep writing and putting stuff out there. Nice. Looking forward to that, man. Yeah, go go and watch uh Ralph. Uh I I I saw him the other day and and you killed it, brother. You and your 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 friends too, man, that, that you bring from, from that's Dallas. The coolest, that's the coolest part about being a headliner is you can put people on your show so i put on friends that i've made out here i put on friends from dallas um every night of the week here in la we've been switching out the guest spots because mm-hmm. it's like there's like three people that are on the sh- on every show but then the other two or three people were like i've just been switching them out throughout the week to give my different buddies a chance my 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 manager my agent and them they were just like yo we're gonna bring so much industry to these shows so they can see you it's like amazon and this person and Warner Brothers, like, they're all going to be there. So in my head, I'm like, well, I'm going to put on as many of my friends as I can. Or maybe one of them gets a chance or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. They can watch me for 20 minutes. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's love, man. That's love. Yeah. That's beautiful, too. 
to be able to do that. I love love uh, love having friends. <laughs> I wanna uh, before I let you go, I wanna get into rapid fire with Ralph Barboza. Are you ready? All right. Good Man, luck, bro. This is tough. If you get one wrong, uh, it's a it's a it's a what is it? One of those ejector seats. Can't so. handle this pressure, man. <laughs> Ejector seat, okay. <laughs> Ejector seat. Texas or Cali? Texas. Texas or New York? Texas. Nice. <laughs> You're going back to Texas. You should. You should say that. <laughs> it's my home. It's my home. Favorite Latino food dish. My grandma's tortillas de harina with her frijoles. Oof. Handmade yeah. tortillas Handmade. Harina. Yeah. Sometimes she mixes it up. Sometimes she gets some, some papas in there. Sometimes some chicken. Just But as long as the tortillas de harina are the base. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I've never had homemade tortillas de harina. When, you, when you're had, in Texas, you're going to have some. I've I've had... Yeah. Hold on, Fred. I, I, <laughs> I haven't had... Flour, handmade, freshly handmade. No, Fred. Fred's mom uh, makes these amazing. That's why he was checking me right now. He he. She she makes these these amazing uh, tortillas harinas, harina, and and she she sends it to him from from Texas. Oh, nice. My mom's from the same place, Matamoros, Tamaulipas. Tamaulipas, yeah. She was born from San Luis Potosí, same. Yeah, yeah. So I trust those tortillas. <laughs> yeah, here is it's corn, right? Like corn is very common. Yeah. Here, like handmade corn tortillas, I've had many, many, many times. Flour, homemade, like in the moment, in the moment, friend. <laughs> Haven't haven't had him. So next time your mom comes, I gotta come through, bro. All right, all right. I'll make sure. Even though he says that when she makes the tortillas here, the water's different. It doesn't taste the same, right? It does. It does. Yeah. It affects it, bro. Yeah. That's why pizza and hot dogs and bagels are better in New York. It's their water system. Yeah. Tortillas are 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 good in Texas because of our water, and hot dogs are good in New York because of their water. And <laughs> L.A., you guys have like good. Vegan food because of the water. <laughs> because of the water. Because of the water. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, what's what's a nickname of yours that nobody knows about? It's probably a uh, probably Wero. Wero. When I was tiny, I was, was real light, and so that was probably the. The endangered nickname. Very few people still call me that. My, I still hear my dad's voice or like my my uncle's his brother's voice. When whenever I feel like I'm doing something bad, I hear my dad's voice like "Wero," because you know I grew up with him like "Wero." Hey. So sometimes when I'm doing something I'm supposed to, just like you flinch. I'll be by myself, about to just be like "Wero." I see what they wero. Well, Wero, <laughs> I want to thank you for coming, man. Nah. Ralph Barboza, everybody, make some noise. Thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Ralph, and thank you so much for listening and watching Mondo and Friends presented by Verizon.